Welcome to the Cynics to episode four of the Two Cynics podcast. We're almost at a month, Andrew. I can't quite believe that uh, we've we've stuck with it for this long, but uh, we've got uh, we've got big breaking news coming into today's show. So I'm sure I'm sure all the cynics are eager to to listen to this one. It's not exactly the most cynical of topics, but uh, I'll give you the floor uh, to kick off what's what's been a bit of a wild week for us. Yeah, I mean, we could we could find a cynical perspective, but um, just to kick off the show uh, with no context, uh, my dog got shot in the leg. Um, Jesus, he uh, he's okay. Um, got a got a call yesterday afternoon from a from a shelter. Uh, my for context, my dog. I sent him off to live with my father in law on his farm for like six months, just so he can like have some freedom and run around and. He broke out during a storm, got in a fight with a neighboring dog and took a bullet to the leg. And uh, he's good, which is unbelievable. Like he's not even limping. They're leaving the bullet in and he's completely fine. It obviously fucked my day up yesterday, but hold on. Tell, tell the cynics what give a little bit background. What kind of dog? What's um, how's how's he been handling the last 24 hours? What's what's been the latest with him? So this is him. He is a uh, white German Shepherd, and uh, this is his his bullet hole. If you can see right there, that's where that's where the bullet unbelievable and, and stayed in. He uh, he's a crazy dog. He's seven. We've had him since he was eight weeks old, and um, very anxious, high anxiety dog, um, and always hated storms. Like when he'd live with us, like we always had him in a crate during storms, and he would just go nuts and. So a few nights ago, there were storms um, at the property where where my father-in-law lives with him now. Um, and he has a huge, like, fenced-in area. It's great. And he ripped through the fence, cut up his face during a storm, ran upstairs, and, like, woke my father-in-law up, spent all night waking him up. Classic. Um, and where did he, he end, did he get, did he end up going out, out on the first floor outside? How did he end up getting out of there? How you've been there. Yeah, I, I've got I've got a rough lay of the land, but uh, I also was quite intimidated by all the other animals there, so I can't I can't say I rem- I remember it front to back. No, so he he ran up the stairs. He ran he broke out from outside, ran up the stairs inside. Guys got a high noon tequila. Uh, no, just uh, vodka grapefruit vodka. today. I mean, you had it last show, so I feel like yes. I had to reciprocate. Um, yeah, so ran upstairs. Woke him up and, you know, my father-in-law was asking me, like, what can we do? Like, how do we prevent him from freaking out? And then yesterday, um, my father-in-law was gone. He was at work. And during the storms, he must have broken out. Um, I actually got a got a text from the microchip uh, company. That he's a little chip implanted in him that it gets scanned if he's ever lost. And I was like, what the fuck? Like... And I start calling this company, like, is this a mistake? Like, what's going on? Did he run away? Um, and while I'm on hold with them, I get a call from uh, the Humane Society. And this Humane Society, I actually know them. Um, my wife and I helped a dog get adopted there like four years ago. And they remembered us. This dog was there for like seven years. It was like their longest tenured resident. And we helped this dog. This isn't the dog that I know, is it? It's a different dog? Champ? Yeah. No, different, different, oh, different dog. No. Okay. This was, there was just a dog that was there. God, I'm making myself sound like way better of a person than I am. Um, this dog was there for like seven years and they would always post these sad pictures of her. 
And I was like, fuck, like a super rural, like hillbilly area. And so anyway, we helped this dog find a home. But so they remembered us and she calls me. She's like, hi, um, I'm looking for Andrew. I'm like, okay, is, do you have my dog? She's like, yeah. Do you have a white German shepherd? I'm like, yeah. Is he okay? She's like, yeah, he's been shot in the leg. Um, I'm like, holy shit. Like what kind of tone is that? She was she freaking out? Was she freaking no, out? No, and she, she didn't was care? so calm. I'm like, is he gonna be okay? Like, is he bleeding? Like, she's like, yeah, we have a vet on call and Mr. Antibiotics. He's not really limping that much, he seems okay. So, we just started him on some antibiotics, and you can come pick him up anytime. Like, pick him up, like, get him to a vet. And she's like, administering okay. antibiotics, like. For infection, as of yeah, I know for infection, but it's not it's not any other infection. It's like a trauma, you know, yeah, I'm induced like, I'm injury. Not worried about infection? Is he gonna die? And you know, it, it was just it was crazy. So my father in law went, picked him up, took him to the emergency vet. Vet said he'll be okay. You know, just stapled him up, and he's all good. Um, so yeah, I mean, fucking crazy, ruined my day. Um, obviously, um, just thinking about like two inches to the right and that's his, you know, his chest and two inches to the left, that's his head. Like he got lucky, you know? And I, I understand if like someone's coming at your dog or your family, you're going to, you're going to shoot the dog. Like I get it. I, I would do the same, but two things. One, if they're actively fighting, you're like, not going to take the risk. You're not going to shoot right. into the fight because right. you're not Chris Kyle. Like you're not going to hit him. Um, so the dogs must have separated and then they shot at him as he's like going away. Like that's fucked up. Like just grab your dog and go. And also call for help. Like what happened was he showed up at a neighbor's house and the neighbor called the police and said, she has his dog with a gunshot wound. And, uh, she heard a gunshot and dogs fighting 15 minutes ago. If I shoot somebody's dog, like I'm going to call for help for the dog. Like call for fucking help. Like, what are you doing? Not sit in silence for 15 minutes as if nothing happened or whatever, just, or thinking or thinking that nobody was going to notice or whatever. I think they just either didn't give a fuck or they were angry or they were scared that they were going to get in trouble and you know, fuck them. Like I'm obviously so glad he's okay. And, but yeah, it's fucked up. And you don't you don't plan on pursuing any kind of like investigation no, or whatever. your father in law or whatever. Wrong. I don't think anybody's in the wrong. Um, and, and also, I, you I obviously don't. don't know like exactly what happened. It's not like yeah. you have like cameras there or whatever. No, they don't run the operation. The operation in in rural. Uh, we're not going to reveal where it is, but in, in a rural, rural part Midwest. of the country, yeah. the rural Midwest. Yeah. But yeah, that's um, that's where I'm at. I thought the uh, yeah, no, it's been, it's been a weird fucking day, and like I've just been bothered all day. But here we are. I mean, hopefully, it only goes up from here. Especially if it doesn't seem like he's actually injured, for like long term, long term. I told uh, I told my friend about this earlier this morning, and he sent me. Uh, Many men by 50 cent. And uh, <laughs> has that helped? Has that helped listening to it? 
it's great. I mean, I, I just picture picture the dog with a bullet just fucking hustling down the street thinking that uh, many men wish death upon me. And Badass way of looking at it, I guess. Uh, on the, on the flip side, I, you know, I'm, I'm in the bedroom right now cause I've been exiled, uh, during the show. My wife's in like a clean. Wait, so where, where, wait, where is she then? Cause usually she's, she's in, the out bedroom. in the living room, like cleaning, like crazy. We have, this is, I mean, this is so classic. Like we have cleaners coming tomorrow morning. So what are they, what are they, they're going to clean the apartment. Yeah. She's now such a mom. That she cleans for the cleaners. I mean, you know, that's like the, I know. Yeah, the, there's an image that, thing like, that you have to show. Yeah, it's she's like they're gonna call DCFS on us if they see how messy it is in here. What's what's the main mess? Is it like, is it the jungle gym or is it? It's just a dis- it's, it's just shit everywhere. You know, like it's not that bad. She's just a spaz. I mean, is it? I'm assuming it's probably. Similar to what it was like when I was visiting you guys. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't feel like I got special treatment. Oatmeal, in terms oatmeal of pancakes left out on the table. Yeah, blueberries squirted on on the stools yeah. and the chairs. The baby throwing blueberries <laughs> everywhere. The high uh, chair has long lost its white I color. I was in here was I was trying to watch the Celtic Sixers game, and I find myself rooting for the Sixers. Like, even though I have nothing against the Celtics, there are a few things. And honestly, I really think the primary driver of my distaste for the Celtics is Deuce Tatum. You just, it's like a kid that's getting way too much. Like, there's so many NBA players have kids, right? As Deuce Tatum's age, right? And yes. Deuce is his, his little son for our 17-year-old TikTok followers. But... I just don't understand like why ESPN and TNT and social media are so obsessed with watching this little kid run around. Like he's just a little kid and I'm sorry. Like, okay, I guess his dad buys him expensive clothes, which, okay. If you want to spoil your kid, like I'm, I'm not going to tell you how to parent, but I don't understand the, the hype. I mean, how many, how many cute quote unquote cute kids are there out there? Like we can, we can do this exercise all day long. You know, Riley Curry bothered me less. I don't know why. Maybe it's because he would have her like at press conferences, which is okay. You've seen that before, right? Like that's yes. I've you've seen that in other sports, and she was like very little at the time, and I guess now it's like cool that they show that she's older and more grown up, which is kind of messed up for us because I remember how we were in like high school when the Warriors won their first championship. But the Deuce Tatum thing, it's like how many how many times are, are we gonna do this? Have they done it this year? Have you noticed them like putting extra attention on him it's, this year? I mean, I feel bad. We're like we're like talking shit about a kid who's like four years old or whatever. We're talking shit about ESPN and Bleacher Report right. tweeting yeah. Deuce pulling up to to peep his pops, some bullshit like that. Right. So it makes me root against them. And I think it's fucked up that they fired Ime Udoka. They're the, the Missoula seems like a bomb. Yeah. I don't know if, uh, if people are coming to us for NBA analysis, but a coach that leaves the zoom being like, I don't know. Like, what did he say? He said, like, I don't know what I'm doing or like he made some really dumb comment. And I mean, I've always wondered why 
the college coaches don't call timeouts when there's like a few seconds left and they don't drop a play, but that's because you can't advance the ball. Like they still have to run half court. So you might as well not call timeout. So the defense can't set themselves and shoot a, a you know, whatever happens. But in the NBA, I've never seen a coach. I mean, I shouldn't say never, but in a, in a freaking playoff series, I've never seen a coach not call timeout and draw up a play. And then they draw and then they do this dumb play and this, you know, Marcus Smart is shooting a fadeaway three. I mean, we're so it's late. This game like- was like 48 hours ago. And literally every fucking basketball podcast on the planet already dissected this. And we're coming in here like evergreen podcast two days later, giving our thoughts when game three is like three quarters of the way done already. You don't think uh, our takes are going to compete with JJ Redick? I mean, JJ Redick is like, I, I respect some of his takes because he has to do stuff for views on on first take. I don't know if you saw it today. There was a video of a first take segment. It was JJ Redick, Stephen A., of course, and then Tim Legler, who I, I think f- feel like he has usually pretty good things to say. It was a three-minute segment, and Tim Legler did not say a word. Like, all the Twitter accounts were like, Tim Legler activates power save mode, like not saying anything, which it was kind of funny, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're pretty casual fans and anytime we're actually saying stuff that feels legitimately or semi-analytical, we're just repeating what we heard from people that we trust. That's why I hate, like, I don't know if other cynics can relate to this, but when, like when you meet a new person and like, I don't, I don't want to like stereotype, but like usually when you meet a new guy and you find something in common with them and it's sports, like, I just feel like it's so cringe talking sports with like, I don't know if randos is the right word, but like, I'm sure you have it at like at work, you guys are getting like drinks after or something, or maybe you're like meeting if I'm like meeting with a group of people and I don't know some of these people and it's like, Oh, Hey, what's your name, dude? It's like, Oh, I'm, I'm Doug. I'm David. Oh, you watched that game last night. LeBron looked sick. And it's like, I just feel like I hate myself for spewing basketball takes because none of them are my original takes. I'm just repeating what I hear on, you know, ESPN or inside the NBA or whatever. Have you seen the clip of how fast guys become friends in the office. Yeah. 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 It's so true. You say the same generic things. Like you see the guy in first day. Like, it's just like a head nod. Yeah. It was second what's up, day. What's up, yeah. Bro? yeah. Yo, you see that last night? Steph was sick. It's so true though. It's a, and it's the worst. And like you say this, you say the things, you know, are going to be received. Like, you're not giving any original insight. You're not being yourself at all. You're just saying like buzzwords. Nobody actually cares what you have to say. Absolutely. Like, and, and the thing is like, it's very binary. Either, either you're kind of like you and me where both of us, I would say are pretty non-confrontational. So like, I don't want to get into an argument. Like, let's say I'm in New York, right? Like if I'm going to get into an argument with someone about the Knicks and the heat, I don't actually want to argue with them. I don't want to prove that I'm like right or wrong. And honestly, if they're trying to argue their point, like I'm not going to be convinced. Like I'm going to believe they're not going to change my mind. Like I'm going to believe what I hear on, I don't know, Reddick. You mentioned Reddick, Simmons, 
Ryan Rosillo, like Zach Lowe, like people that I think actually know basketball, uh, Charles Barkley, and they say there's their stuff and everybody else is just like, I feel like when you, when you go all out and make one of these arguments, it just sounds stupid. It's like, I agree with you completely. Like you and I are two of the biggest LeBron haters. You know, I'm, I'm coming around. Okay. Like not, well, it's on like an of, appreciation thing. Like sure. This is like yeah. the last ride. He's like, he's obviously great. Like I used to deny his greatness and like my dad still denies. I mean, the cynics met my dad last week. My dad still denies his greatness. Like to this day, he's like, no, he's not. No, no, no. Jordan, he was special. Like he, he, he denies his greatness. Like you can't deny his greatness. He's obviously great, but I hate him. Like I hate him so much. He's, he's ruined my life. He ruined our, our team for a long, long time. Yeah. 12 times. And so when somebody comes, if I was talking to some guy, you know, uh, I don't know, in a work setting, he's like talking about how great LeBron is. I'm not about to start uh, like uh, a hate rant that I have plenty of ammunition for. I'm going to say, yeah, man, no, I feel you, man. He's uh, yeah, he's 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 one of the best, man. I mean, he's just different, you know, just just I'm not going to be right. I'm not him different. Just like use all the NBA Twitter buzzwords and then like. You know, I feel like at this point, the issue is that everybody's either a LeBron hater or a dick rider. There's like no in between. Like, I feel like everybody's very strongly opinionated and nobody's going to change anybody's mind. Like I'm friends and and you're you're well acquainted with people that we spend time with, you know, either currently or in the past who are big LeBron slash Cleveland Cavaliers fans. And now they followed him all the way to L.A., and that's I have to sit. I know, but it's like that's the generation now, right? Like all these, I hate to say all these kids, because like you know, I know in our in our podcast description, I call us twenty somethings, but spoiler, we're both twenty six, and like all these quote unquote kids, and that even starts with people that are a year or two younger than us. They don't they don't follow teams anymore. They just follow players, and I just I can't get behind that. And I, I think it started with part of it was someone like LeBron who, you know, started the whole free agency, super team stuff. Part of it is like a fantasy football problem. Like you love players. I love OG, OBJ, you know, sick, you know? And it's like every night now I hear, I have to see tweets or text messages that are like Lake show. Lake show. And I'm like, <laughs> you don't fucking give a shit about the Lakers. Like you hated the Lakers when they had Kobe. And then all of a sudden LeBron comes and you love the Lakers and you're, you know, you went from calling Anthony Davis a bum on the Pelicans to now him being your second favorite player. It just, it pisses me off. And like, honestly, we sound like the old curmudgeons, but I just, this, I, I this is just how it's going to be. I don't, I don't, see anything changing if anything it's going to get worse and there are very few people left like us who don't live in the city that we grew up in but still sort of support our call it hometown teams no matter what just doesn't, I think it's doesn't pathetic exist anymore. when people move to a city and adopt that team i mean like i can if you live some like if you lived in dallas for the next 30 years and you as like a 56 year old told me that you were like a Mavs fan. Like I could, I can understand it. Like you live like more for the city 
as a right. secondary fandom for the good of the city, never for the Cowboys. Like it's just hilarious watching them. But like the Mavs, I have no ill will towards the Mavs or the Texas Rangers or the Dallas Stars. Dallas like Stars, it's not a real <laughs> franchise. <laughs> these are they have no history. One Stanley Cup. The the Mavs, like I I was a pseudo Mavs fan during when they beat the Heat. Like I, you know. And you can like a player, like you can have an allegiance to a player and be a fan of a player that can't overtake your team. You're not buying Jersey. Like, I mean, I would never like somebody would ask me like, so we're, we both grew up in the Chicago area. We're big Cubs fans, right? As everybody knows, or I don't know if everybody knows, but I feel like maybe our listeners in Brazil don't know, but the Cubs trade away every player that won them a championship within the last three years. And one of them, Anthony Rizzo, you know, probably number one or number two or number three, most important player on that team goes to New York Yankees. I have gone to New York Yankees games since I moved to New York. I'll clap for him. But then I've got a friend who's like, Hey, you want me to get you a Rizzo Yankees Jersey? And I'm like, no, oh. like I will never put on a Jersey of a team that I don't like haven't rooted for as a kid. It's just, it's heresy. And you're just making yourself a fraud. And I know we sound like we're, you know, three to 6 p.m. talk radio show right now. But, like, that's honestly the truth. And I feel like a lot of our same, you know, our demographic, you know, the the gas station haters, I'm sure they all watch sports. Like, they can relate to this. There's no way you're rooting for an individual player and wearing another jersey. You're a fraud if you do. There is no player bigger than the system, than the team, the organization. Like... The Cubs. Okay, Belichick. We no. <laughs> we had <laughs> no 30. days off. No days off. <laughs> that's a, that's a clip right there. Um, we had the Cubs had three, like four, five players that we were emotionally very tied to, and every single one of them is gone. And I'm watching fucking Robert. Talion, what the fuck was his name? The guy who was pitching today, Jamison Tyone. Jamison Tyone. <laughs> I'm watching this. I'm watching this bum pitch to the Cardinals to Wilson Contreras, one of those emotional Cubs players, and I see a guy in a Cardinals jersey, and it makes me sick. I'm watching these absolute these people that were not on the Cubs and Blackhawks. Best example. Kane and Taves were like everything. Our childhood. They were our childhood and they're gone. And before two days ago, I thought to myself, like, God, it's going to be like, it's going to be hard to to get into hockey again. And Blackhawks win the lottery. And I didn't know before two days. I mean, I knew, right? Like I was like, oh, this guy's good. He knows. He knows. It's so hard to like. Until you really hear about the hype, and I, I was just reading an article. It's still open on my computer. Connor Bedard is the LeBron James of the NHL. Like, okay, we'll see, right? We'll see. It's going to be weird that the best player on our team is right-handed. It's going to be weird. It's and true. I, I feel like everybody who's great now. in hockey is left-handed. It's, there's, I'm sure there's not data to support that. But in my head, it's like, if you're good at hockey, you're left-handed Crosby. Okay. Crosby. I mean, Ovechkin's a righty. Ovechkin. 
Gretzky, lefty. Okay. Are we going to go through the list? <laughs> Lemieux. I don't even know if Lemieux's a lefty or righty. Hall, I think how? Can, I don't know. I think with Gretzky, Ovechkin, and Crosby, we're, we're good right there. We have three examples in mind. McDavid, Kane, and Taves. Lefties. Lefties. And I, you could argue that the, the former group is a little greater. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. We can, we can probably give the listeners, we can give some basketball analysis. Oh, real quick. What's your, what are your thoughts on the Jokic Ishbia thing? Sons owner. Yeah. They obviously were very soft and like mended ties before today's game and hugged it Ishbia out. But... Seems like a guy. <laughs> oh, I thought he was a douche. I listened to him on a podcast. But he's a guy. Yeah, you fucking you fucking start a mortgage mortgage company in in the Detroit suburbs. Of course, you're gonna be a douche. Is he just like Dan Gilbert's like offspring? arch nemesis? They started. Oh, really? They started competing companies, and again, I'm crediting HT at Bill Simmons podcast. Like, I don't know. Like, he felt like he was on Adderall for the whole podcast. He basically oh, screamed. He's young, isn't he? Yeah, he's young and like he screamed about his mortgage business, like he called Union Wholesale Mortgage or something, competed with Gilbert's Rocket Mortgage in Detroit. They don't like each other. Then he said Gilbert wasn't in the greatest of health. He wished him the best. And then it was that was really badly timed considering uh, Gilbert's son passed away of like a very bad genetic disorder uh, the other night. So that wasn't great. And then. I don't know. He seemed very passionate about like the, you know, whatever they were doing with the Suns and the Mercury and Phoenix. It's like, dude, you you haven't spent a day in Phoenix in your life. You probably went to Scottsdale for a couple of December's to get away from the cold. But he he was just very felt very aggro and like I said on Adderall the whole time. It's not going to get back to him, so I, I I'm not worried. But um, didn't really impress me. And then honestly. Tag at Matt Ishbia for this. Do you think he even has a TikTok? We could tag, tag him on Twitter. We have zero engagements on Twitter. Three Twitter followers. And it's, they're not even real. We're okay. So we're, we will do Twitter. Like we need to wait. Fucking Elon and his dumbass rules. We need to wait we're like close. another two more weeks, I think. So we can get Twitter blue. And I, and I do, I will say like, when I look at, the comment sections. I do think that people who are Twitter blue are, even if they have like jack shit followers, they are being featured in yeah. the top of the comments. So maybe that helps us. I think we have good tweets. It's just nobody sees them. Like we get 17 oh, impressions I, I of somebody some scrolling bangers through. today. Today, really? Yeah, yeah. Go, go look right now. Go look right now. That I thought I was really proud of that one. Right. Well, keep talking while I while I while I look it up. All right. Um. <laughs> you bought a new. Okay. Okay. While I look it up, tell the tell the cynics you're you're in the process of buying a new car. What are the logistics? No, not, not a new car. Not a new okay, car. You're you're acquiring a car that you've that's already in your possession. I'm purchasing the vehicle that I leased for my wife four years ago. Um. We like right as we were getting engaged, we were looking to buy a second car. We had one car at the time. It was a pain in the ass. We were trying to get a second car and 
we had no money. Like she, it was so ridiculous. And she needed this car in like the limited model. It's a Jeep Compass and it has Beats speakers. So ridiculous. Paying four hundred dollars a month when I was fucking making no money. So anyway, we had it for four years. The lease was for three and a half. We extended it six months, and I forgot about turning it in completely. Um, and leasing a new car right now. How do you it, forget? How do like? How do you forget? That's unacceptable. Well, like I knew in theory, but like I didn't know the exact date, and I just like really didn't want to deal with it. And I knew that she would want another brand new, like awesome car. She being your wife. Yes. And we go to some dealerships. I get a car through work. So I have a great car through work. It's awesome. And I, uh, we go to some dealerships a few weeks ago and the quotes for these cars are outrageous. $700 a month, $800 a month. Is that negotiable? Like, can you mix it up with the, with the salesman on that? Or that's just for buying. I don't, I think it's just for buying because it's just like a credit score and income. And, you know, I, I, I maybe, maybe I'm naive, but yeah, I'm like, this is, is Bucky's offering any kind of discounts? Are they, are they selling cars? You'd be surprised at what Bucky's sells. Our Bucky's uh, tweet didn't get any, any engagement at all. But anyway, I, I ended up convincing her to buy the car that we had. So, um, we're going to still pay $400 a month. And it seems like a pretty good, like the used car market is awesome. And it's a lot cheaper to buy a car that you are already in possession of. So I looked up like the MSRP of like our exact model with our mileage. And it's like $22,000 and we're buying it for only 14. Cause it's already in our possession. So if, and we don't are you have paying that up front, are you paying that up front? Are you paying that? You're amortizing it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's $400 a month over four years or something. Uh, three years, something like that. Um, I mean, you you guys like the car, right? That's a good what matters car, most. And we're going to make my car our primary car. And in like two years... You like, will? Is anything going to fit in that car? You usually got a, a shit ton of... I got a new car? You did, but what's, what's going to give me confidence that your new car is going to be in any better... I got to show you than your old car. I've taken such good care of it. And it's a, it's a big car, right? It's a big car. Is it, um, what, is it a midsize SUV or what is yeah, it? Yeah, It's a midsize SUV and it's really big. Like, um, I wonder if I have a picture of it. Um, it's a, it's a good car. Like, and I'm really happy with it. Um, and so we're going to make it like our primary family car. And yeah, here's probably, I don't know how well you can, how well you can see it. Yeah, what it's a Subaru. What's the Forester? Forester, okay. And so we're gonna make that our primary car. We'll probably put another like ten thousand miles on Hannah's car over the next two years and sell it for like more than we paid for mm-hmm. it and get a lot of cash out of it. Honestly, like because right now the used car market's apparently so good because people have no money. I sound like such a fraud. We're on. So one of our suggested TikTok feeds, I don't know if you've been looking at like if you've been looking at TikTok besides what we do, it's really bad. Like it's basically our TikTok algorithm right now is CNBC, maybe because we're desperate financially. So that would be good for some used car market analysis. Then there's just a bunch of relationship and dating thirst traps. That's like more up my alley. And, And then the rest is probably like little kids because kind of who's following us right now 
Um, I don't know what's going on there, but maybe, I mean, I think you guys can make money on this car. Um, and like, if obviously, I don't know if we can say, but you're not paying for gas on the, on the Forester. So that's, yeah, it's, that's the whole, my company reimburses all gas. and And a lot of companies do that. This isn't giving anything away. Oh, whatever. You said you're on the road all the time anyways. I'm on the road. Traveling on the road again. <laughs> Can't get wait to get on the road again. Singing on the road again. Okay, hold on. Not not I had I had one high noon as I got home, but I had three um three rums. Uh rum mixed drinks before this. Oh, were you um, on happy hour? Yeah, I went to um I went to a burger place called O Cheval. Are you familiar with the one in Chicago on Randolph Street? It's supposed it's like the best burger in Chicago. There's what a, about there's Puma's a, Corner. I'm not familiar with that one. You're not it's good. But this this is um they opened off opened up like a knockoff one in New York and I went there. I mean it was fine. A double cheeseburger. I'm going to have to run that off tomorrow, but Got got a rum drink and then went to a bar and watched a little bit of of Deuce Tatum's team. Uh, Is the game over? Like, how long have we been recording? We've been recording for like thirty five minutes. Um, I did look at your tweets. It's funny you you mentioned that our new side hustle should be booking flights with American Airlines and getting paid daily because they always fuck stuff up. So that's what the administration wants. I happen to be flying for the cynics. Um, I will be on the road uh, starting Saturday. I'm flying American to Italy to Rome's uh, Fiumicino, Fiumicino airport, and we'll also be flying back in America. And wow, the Sixers are up by 19. I just so, saw it. Um, or sorry, not by 19, by 21. So we'll probably have travel stories. I mean, I hope nothing goes wrong, but I'm sure it will. Um, I'm not traveling with a kid, so I hopefully won't get to the I want to die situation. I'll probably be like, this is one of the classic like anticipatory anxiety things where somebody will tell you not to think about in advance, but we're we're doing like a night flight and we're taking off at 5 p.m. Eastern and we're basically landing at like 1 a.m. Eastern. So, and I'm going to have to you know, be up at that point. You got to power through the day. It'll be 8 a.m. and I, I will have to power through, but I just don't understand how these people sleep on these flights when you're flying in like the middle of the day, local time. And I don't give a fuck that they turn off the lights. Like you can give me a mask. Biological clock. Yeah, but how does it doesn't I'm, work? I'm agreeing me. with you. Like yeah. your brain is telling you it's daytime. And it, listen, like if I were in a live flat in first class, Sure. Different conversation, but I'm in 24C in economy, and I'm not fucking upgrading to main cabin extra. I'm not doing it. Five hundred dollars. It's like it's like a hundred thirteen or like for nothing. For nothing, like for slightly more legroom. Everything else, the whole experience you're is still be uncomfortable. It's just you're yeah uncomfortable with a hundred thirty dollars less. And I mean, I guess the only hope would be if like the flight is empty, but I think if anything, the flight on the way back might be empty on a weekday, but on a Saturday going to Europe, that flight's not going to be empty. So I'm probably just going to, I don't know. Would you take an, would you take like a five milligram? Uh, I was literally edible? just asking. No, I would freak the fuck freak out. out. 
I'd be. I mean, that I can tolerate that dosage pretty comfortably as long as it's not in an empty stomach. But in the air is a different animal. It's not the same. Like here, if I freak out in my apartment, I can quickly go brush my teeth and just fall into bed, and I know know I'll be comfortable at least. Safe and alone. And can you imagine if there's turbulence as I'm like as I'm freaking out on on over the Atlantic Ocean? There have been times I've flown so many times in my life. Like you and I are seasoned travelers, I would say. And there are just like random times where like I feel like short of breath in the air. And I'm like, what if something happens to me? And like just for no reason, I never think this shit. I think it's It's all mental. It's like none of it's real. But like but the mental part can trigger a physical down. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're the first time I ever got like, I mean, I got, I got high many times, but when I got high once, my friend came over. You, I think you know who this person is. Keep uh, going. Li- lived in a neighboring suburb. Um, tennis player. Anyway. Um <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, right? I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, chain smoker, like, was a master of weed. And he came over to our apartment. Um, this was the day before you and I went to the Cubs game with Hannah, which showed up late. When you guys showed up uh, in the middle of the third inning? <laughs> so we, he came over, and we're smoking on our balcony, and we're smoking out of a bowl. And I hate smoking out of a bowl. I feel like a crackhead smoking out of a bowl. Release the finger, open you're up the... Fucking holding it like this. <laughs> like you're smoking a crack pipe. And so we're smoking a bowl, and it's just like normal stuff. He's like, yeah, this stuff is pretty weak. Like, I have this other stuff that... And you're, usually... like, dying. No, I felt I felt good. At you this felt point, fine? Felt... You felt fine? And he's like sprinkle a little bit like on top of the bowl. Like it's that potent, like don't put it into the whole bowl. So we sprinkle a little bit on top of the bowl and we all smoke it. It's great. And then for himself, he fills the whole bowl with it and he goes inside like to pee or something. And I, I was high. I didn't care. I grabbed it and I smoked the whole thing by myself. I was so excited. I was so happy having a good time. It's like eight hits. destroyed this stuff and dude i lost it like this is high school no early college i was with hannah already like we were oh okay this was before wait hang on wait was it was that the time that i was there on the balcony no it can't be you remember the time that i was there on the balcony you freaked out that was that was wild but that was with somebody else or was that the same guy were you there? Yeah, it was the four of us on the balcony. We had we had gone to the Mexican place that was across the street. Wait, just and we'll leap this out with. Yeah, you were there. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, you, yeah. So you, yeah, so I was there. I you was there. There. Wow. there we go. Breaking That's news. That's how fucked up I was. I remember. You remember. Oh, I was like, uh, I was like, I had never because I didn't partake, and I was like, I had never seen him early? in this I state. Think you left early. Yeah, because I drove home. I drove to my parents' house after that, yes. so okay. I wasn't gonna go off. But that's funny. That's so. I think this happened. This might. I don't remember what happened after you left, but I like went into a full panic. And I like, I was standing there. I was like, all right, I know I have to eat. Right. Like, and I didn't want to tell 
It's too late uh, sometimes. The eating doesn't even help. It was help. too late. I'm like housing vanilla ice cream, like feel something, feel something. And I'm dying. And I go into the bedroom and one of our dogs is in there. And I just like, she could like sense like how something was, was now right. Yeah. I like held her and I was like sobbing just because I was scared that I was stuck in this forever. And I started having these wild thoughts. I'm like, is Hannah cheating on me in the next room? What like, the fuck? It was crazy i have never and i didn't want them to know and i go out there and like they knew and i was like getting angry i was like help me help me you've got to help me like get out of this and he calmed me down because like he'd been in like some time like i calmed down by the time he left i was like okay and i was like grateful to be okay and as he walks out he's like you're welcome man what is he what is he what is he you're welcome for like you see is he saying you're welcome for like helping pull you out of it no, or is he he's saying you're welcome for the high that's it's like, like the, the classic heroin the classic addict. comment of like somebody who's uh who loves the i don't even know what the term is the feeling they showed us a video in in like health class in high school of a heroin addict ODing and then like his buddy was like Damn, where'd he get that shit from? Like, that must have been wild. He's dead, dude. <laughs> Did I tell you I saw my first uh, use of heroin in New York the oh. other week? I was I was in the office and super unproductively. Um, yeah, I, I I took a long lunch. I took an hour lunch, which listen, it's not crazy. I went I went to a place that by many accounts is the best bagel spot in New York. And it's ironically called best bagel. Um, I don't think they have an advertising budget, but if they do, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Um, there aren't, there aren't Grubhub and Uber eats, but the delivery fees are ridiculous. So I decided to walk there and it's right by, it's basically like two blocks away from Madison square garden, which is next to a major train station, subway, long, long-term rail and, um, just not the greatest, like it's a fine area. It's perfectly safe, but there's a lot of, a lot of nonsense going around there, homeless people, etc. And literally on like a major Avenue outside of, of this bagel place. I like, I picked it up. I'm walking back to work and I see this guy, he's got, um, a needle in his right hand. And his left hand is out and he's like holding the needle like up against his like pinky finger and he's wrapping like the rope or yeah, whatever to, to get his vein popping on, on his left arm. And I was just like, I need a, I need to whiz by this person in like 0.3 seconds. I just, I, I, it's not like all the, like, I'm sure we'll get cynics in the comments that are like, Oh, soft. Can't even look at a needle. And it's like, it's not even the needle. Like if I'm perfectly fine looking at a needle in like a cleanly hygienic environment, like it's in a hospital, if you're getting a right. flu shot. Yeah, exactly. But this was like, I'm in the midst of something nefarious going on. And like, I don't know, I guess it was a rite of passage type of thing, but it was just, I, it wasn't a pleasant thing to see. I don't know if you probably see this all the time, but we went to Nobu in Dallas uh, last year, like on our first 
date after the baby was born, probably like she was like two months old. And so we're driving to Nobu in the city. It's an expensive date. It was, it was very expensive. Um, really good. Um, we pull into the city. We're like a minute from Nobu and we're, Stopped stopped at a light and, and Hannah looks over at me. She's like, Oh my god. I'm like, what? And she points to a guy, literally just I mean, you look right out the window and there's a bench, and this guy is sitting like ass naked on a bench, just masturbating. Oh my god. Violently. Like you can picture it. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. But keep going. I, no, I mean there's nothing else to say. Like, I don't I can't even understand that like how how do you want to here i've got a take so i'm very passionate about i don't want to say solving because this is an unsolvable problem but as a kid and and maybe you had the same feelings right like we grew up in the suburbs of chicago we've heard all the chirac jokes yada yada like we we're fortunate the guy enough to stab you when you wouldn't let him shine his shine your shoes. Okay, that was pathetic. No, I'm talking. Let's go back. We can talk about that later. We, I'm going back to like maybe from like ages eight to sixteen when I was like old and mature enough to understand that like the city was not as safe as the suburbs were, and like just like you, you probably went to the city with your parents or somebody extended family. For the, once for the opera or the the ballet, <laughs> some kind of orchestra. some kind of cultural phenomenon. The, the and every time, every time, I would just like freak out. We got into the city. I'd look around left and right at other cars who are next to us and be like, "What's going on in there? Who are these people?" And then we'd park in like a people's parking for $35 cash only for the entirety of the afternoon. And there would be like this super nerve wracking, stressful walk from the auditorium theater or the lyric opera to this parking lot. And I would be like, Oh, just get in there safe, close the door and let's get back on the highway back to the suburbs, really soft. Such and <laughs> okay. I know, I, I mean, listen, like I, I was young and it kind of like reminds me of from a young age, I've been always thinking about like, Hey, don't give at least, I don't think this is controversial. Like I don't give money to homeless people. I don't care how much you bag. Like I don't do that. Don't interact. If someone's being stupid or saying dumb stuff here in New York on the subway, there's a freak show happening all the time. Like I don't engage. So you are about to get eviscerated in the TikTok comments. We're just going to clip. I don't give money to homeless people and just play it on like a loop. come at me. Come at me. I don't believe in it. I mean, it's a long discussion. We can do it. Right a- D- <laughs> give your last initial. It's not even <laughs> right wing D. <laughs> um, so I. I, I wish we could solve this problem. And I think one of my first steps, right? Like you can't, you'd have to pass some very restrictive laws to like get the subway under control or get like a heroin thing on, you know, on the street under control besides, you know, posting up more cops. I think rule number one, you have to get rid of benches, get rid of benches. Like if, 
if there's is no this bench, a, like a actual suggestion, or did you come up with this? I've like, is this being discussed? just me. It's just me. I've never seen this anywhere, anywhere. And granted, I'm not on like SJW platforms, like seeking out real solutions to this because well, they don't want to find solutions. They they'll like you know they want to coddle and accommodate. But get rid of benches screams like Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott. <sighs> First of all, it doesn't seem like the donors are too excited about them. I don't, I don't want to go down this route. Um, no, but it's like, okay. First off, Greg Abbott, ironic, getting rid of the benches. That's a pretty ironic comment. But um, I just like, I feel like nobody wants to sit on these benches. If people, if people like, who wants to sit on these dirty benches, these benches, whether it's the one in Dallas or the one in the subway here in New York, they're the most disgusting benches ever. Like they don't have to have anything on them. They just, they're wooden, they're gross. They've been there for 40 years and it's like, nobody wants to sit on them. So get rid of them. Who are the benches for? I would guarantee I have no data to support this besides my own eyes. 75 to 80% of these benches are for People who are sleeping on them are sitting on them for hours and doing things they shouldn't be doing. So if you got rid of benches, okay, then the argument is, okay, well, then they're just going to sleep on the floor. They're already sleeping on the floor. Like you're, not, like, you're not making it worse by getting rid of benches. If anything, you're preventing negative externalities, you know, econ joke from happening. I don't know. The that would only, be step one. Just, just tear them that. down. This is, tear down this wall, Mr. Gorbachev. This is such a good take. I feel like the only issue is you have to have benches at bus stops for like elderly people. And then you're just going to have like bus stops overrun by vagrants. And then what? Yeah. The bus stops are tough. I didn't think about that for sure. But the thing is like, I don't see homeless people sleeping on bus stop benches as much. I, I, I it's really, when, when you take away the benches, they're not, I, I, they're not, I haven't seen them masturbating on the bus stops, but anyway, I feel like we can do some more brainstorming on this. I know is Hannah sending you any texts? Is she telling you it's time to stop? No, no. Or, she's like, in such a oh, she's mode. too absorbed in cleaning. I've at, heard the vacuum at 9 PM. off for so long. That's that's actually really good for our audio because I haven't heard it at all. It's the microphone, like it's it was. So oh, it loud, isolates. It isolates yeah, the sound. Yeah, I feel like the microphone. It's I don't know. Like, can you hear it if I'm like? Can you hear that if I'm talking like this? Yeah, I can. Like well, not well, but there's some kind but of. I think that's the noise. Yeah, it's like white noise from the other room. Um, that was the worst podcasting ever for the last like seven seconds discussing a like a mic check an hour into the show i mean it's right up there with with me not even having a mic for the first episode and being on twitch gamer gamer mode yeah exactly so i actually i got asked about that at work they were very impressed with it and um you know what this doesn't need to get bleeped out they were impressed with at work they were impressed with my headset and one of the comments that I made, I was like, oh, I, I look like a podcaster, I guess, huh? And everybody laughed. And then I'm laughing on the inside, like, ha, 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 jokes on you guys. I am a podcaster now. 
Is that fair to say that? I mean, now you know my whole family's in the loop on our venture after last week's uh, gaff. It's going to be taught. Like, I mean, we granted. I mean, the cynics know our marketing operation right now is like we're posting videos, we're doing the podcast, we're following people. If you don't follow us back, you're a fucking asshole. Um, we're trying to do that. We haven't like done like the trickle down effect of telling friends and asking them to promote it because we've seen that before. We've seen how cringe it is. It's made us like literally, you know, have like an visceral reaction. Like, Oh, somebody's starting some venture. Like God forbid. Um, when we do it, it's okay. But when somebody else does it, it's like pathetic and not okay. I, I don't, that's a yeah, statement. telling a sob story of, uh, right. Like I, you know, LinkedIn's gotten even worse since my last rant. This guy was like posted about porn and how like there should be appreciation for porn. Like, can you imagine, like, can you imagine my boss, like, can you imagine you and my boss seeing us post something that we love watching porn? Can you, like, what, what, that is so absurd. How do you do that? I don't, people like, I mean, Sebastian, we talk, I, I mention this every episode, like you have no barometer of what is acceptable. Like that's not acceptable on any platform. Keep that to yourself. Okay. Let alone everybody on- like, listen, like almost everybody does it. Like that doesn't mean you need to share it. Like some things are just better left. Like it's an acknowledgement and it's better left unsaid. That's all. People are freaks. When I saw that, I like, I can't believe that somebody would have like, I, I, I'm speechless. I don't even have a take on that. I wish that we could post that clown on TikTok and, and use him. If we, if we, I mean, we, we already have between this guy and then the feed picks. Do you guys, know like, him? Like, is that someone you're connected? No, no. I, I saw Somebody shared it. One of these like finance meme accounts let's, shared it because they love making oh, fun of stuff on LinkedIn. Let's share it from the Twitter profile. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's very public, but yeah, we'll we'll share it on Twitter. Uh, check us out on Twitter, and uh, we'll we have some we'll have some comments. To we add can about TikTok it. it too with a uh, audio of us, and then go like this. And- <laughs> we both know what we're doing, but we don't at the same time. <laughs> I refuse to be like, and then like your he- our heads are going to be like cutting in and out like the shitty Zoom background. Hold on here. Uh, where is it? Where's my background? <laughs> Can't even see your hat. Hey, <laughs> look at this trend in the United States. Over the last three years, so-and-so-and-so has happened, and nobody's ready for it. Nobody's thinking about it. Cough, cough, Gary Vaynerchuk. (laughs) VaynerMedia. Purple Panda Ninjas are the future. All right, I think that's a good stopping point. That is a good stopping point. Solid hour on the dot, maybe a little less, minus edits, but uh, that's going to do it for... uh, for episode four of the two cynics podcast uh stay tuned hopefully regular schedule is normal for episode five follow us on tiktok instagram twitter 
and uh, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. Cheers. Cheers.